What's up, what's up everybody? This is Carmine Davis and you are listening to The Carmine Davis Show. The Carmine Davis Show. <laughs> How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm Gucci. Ciao. It's been a really, 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 really cool week. Um, uh, I have a really great announcement this weekend. So make sure you check out my Instagram, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis, my Twitter.com slash Carmine Davis. I've got some really, really cool um, stuff coming in the pipeline. So check that out. But you need him here to talk about the future. We're talking about the hot topic. Um, if you are new to the show, make sure you like, rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. I don't do it for my health. Okay. Um, and we always start off with the hot topic, the mess. Um, if you're new to the show. And this week is no different. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I keep reading, I'm going down through the list of all the things that came up today, and we got to talk about it. We have got to, to talk about this whole Trump inaugur- um, impeachment thing. I, I know in a perfect world that once Biden got into office and um, Trump left that somehow uh we won't have to discuss the big bad monster ever again but it seems like trump ain't gonna allow it child um we will find out eventually this week of course if you don't know if you've been living under a rock which a lot of my friends and, and people that i know have no idea that there's an impeachment still in process you know people are like why you know he's not in office anymore but you know, the shit that he's did, um, he should be locked away in the fucking chokey. Um, it should haunt him forever. I hope to God that he is impeached so he can never run again. That's basically where people are, are coming from a place of making sure that one, he is, um, held responsible and held accountable um had taken in the White House during his four years there. And also that he is not able to do it again because he only had a four year um run, I mean, you know run. He could run again if he ideally if he wanted to. And if you saw that sea of people there willing willing to destroy and a willing uh, to do whatever Trump needed. He could run again and win, which is scary. But um, Twitter confirms Donald Trump is permanently banned, even if he runs for office again. And this hot topic is coming from lovebscott.com. Shout out to lovebscott.com. Um, I'm going to ju- give you the jump, and I'm going to tell you why this is so important. Donald Trump got banned from Twitter last month for violating the platform's policies, and that ban is permanent. In an interview with CNBC's Squawk Box on Wednesday, Twitter CFO Ned Segal said that Trump won't be allowed on social media platform again, regardless of his future plans. 
the way our policies work, when you're removed from the platform, you're removed from the platform. Whether you're a community um, commentator, com- commentator, you're a CFO, or you're a former or a current public official, says the Gaul. Trump's personal Twitter account has, was banned early in January, days after um, insurrectionists stormed the U.S. Capitol, which Trump has been accused of inciting with his unfounded claims of election fraud. Shortly after the violence at the Capitol escalated, Trump posted a video on Twitter in which he told the mob, we love you, you're very special. I, wow. Okay, but anyway, we we knew that, but every time I hear though, I, I can't believe that. Okay. Um, he later seemingly tweeted his support and once again said he was unfairly treated during the election. Seagal continued to say, um, remember our policies are designed to make sure that people are not inciting violence. And if anybody does that, we have to remove them from the service and our policies don't allow people to come back. In a recent interview with the Sunday Times, Trump's a for- former campaign manager, Jason Miller, indicated Trump has felt truly relaxed following the end of his presidency. Additionally, he claimed that Trump not being on social media has actually been good for Trump. And Melania is happy that about the situation, too. That's something the first lady has backed up as well. Um, they say that she says that she loves it and that she, he's ha- much happier and he's enjoying himself much more. Um, they should have probably banned him a couple of years ago. Um, I, okay. Like I said, um, I guess I wonder why it took, I guess I can speak for everyone else. Um, or a lot of people we want to know, especially, um, BLM, um, supporters and people who really saw, and kept a close eye on what transpired this summer or in the last couple of years and his whole um, entire presidency. Um, why the fuck did it take so long? <laughs> I, why did it take him being... Inciting a attack on the Capitol to get people to realize that this man has been a maniac and has incited so much tension, day-to-day tension that everyday people, you and I, have to deal with. And that he's somewhere in some secure office laughing from his Blackberry, inciting, like, saying the craziest shit tweeting the craziest shit it wasn't enough that he called blm protesters thugs and that um what else did he say that you know they were causing um war against them and 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 causing um did y'all see that video of him coming in when he before he was holding that bible during the black lives matter um protest in washington how he had those um, National Guard leaders knocking 
people over, bumping them, headbutting them, taking their shields and punching them in the chest, blowing shit up, tear gas for him to walk up and hold a Bible in his hands. That was one of the craziest moments that I've ever seen. It was like out of a, he, he, to me, Donald Trump is one of the biggest villains I don't know. I, he's like a super villain. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I hope they throw his ass up and lock away the key. I think they they have so much reason to and the fact that they're dragging their feet about all of what they keep talking about what he's done to the capital which i guess is the coup de grace but even if they they keep discussing what he has done to this country he has caused such a fracture i wouldn't even say a fracture our country was already fractured before he got there um he caused such a rift that we will never be able to heal as a, as a body. We're, we're so divided right now. And as the leader, he literally came right in between that fracture and split it off and made it so much larger. So, so much, so, so deep. So it, they should lock his ass up. As a nation, to send a message to um, to everyone that that are, that is a part of this country um, that we won't take that our one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And this man literally was like, "Nah, he's a traitor." He's a traitor to our country. And that shit, every day I see more and more footage of that capital, the storming of the capital. And I'm like, Lord, my God, like this is not out of a movie. This is not out of a, a and even the time frame. It, <sighs> we were basically a nation unwatched and unchecked. Like our president needed a babysitter and there was nobody to babysit him. Like who, and I, I, what's so scary is I think there was people actually there checking him to the certain point where he, we didn't go into a war with other countries like that. Like I, I'm surprised that it wasn't just a, who was the one watching Trump to the point where, I mean, like, I just think about all the things that like how horrible it could have been if he was just like let free. These are the things that he did that were watered down. Like think about what he could have done. Like that is scary. I mean, he already did so much. Like, think about if somebody was like, all right, you know, 
you're the president. Like somebody had to check him at every corner. And but what if what if they didn't? Like that's what I'm saying. Like think about the mental space our president was in. And we we let we let him we let him in. I feel like we got so violated as a nation and we don't want to admit it out loud because there's a lot of people we'd have to really check the people next to us. A lot of people are afraid of discussing like the voting process and all that. I can't get jiggy with that. Anybody who voted for Trump once, let alone twice, what the fuck? What the fuck? <sighs> Man, like, this is insane. This is fucking insane. Um, I want to get off of this whole thing and I want to go on to um, the second segment. Um... <sighs> Another thing that's just going to like, is this show is actually, wow, already like taking so much out of me. Um, okay, um, before we move on, make sure you rate, like, review um, this podcast. Um Make sure you follow us on Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis, Carmine Davis show on Instagram, um, Twitter.com slash Carmine Davis. Let me know what you think about the show. Um, and our middle segment is always dedicated to it's an artist spotlight. We talk about um, particular artists, concepts, situations, um, theories, concepts, musical um, related some of my favorite albums and all that and this week I wanted to of course dis- discuss what's been going on in the news with Britney Spears now um I, for one I want to say I am the biggest Britney Spears stan um in the world, I've been a Britney Spears fan since she crossed my TV screen in the 90s. I immediately was enamored from this woman, about this woman, and I have been enamored from her from the beginning. My love, um, my... Um, I don't even know what you would call it. My adoration for her has never changed. And through all the time, if anything, it's become more um, incessant through time. 2007 happened. I loved her more. I thought Britney was so rock and roll. I thought this was a this was an artist. This was a woman. Like I, I understood her completely. Even as a kid, I understood what she was doing was a big fuck you. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I understood Britney. And I also understood what happened to her afterwards in the conservatorship. And I knew what was happening to her was out of her control. She hated it. 
and she was being mistreated and she was trapped. I did not know that 98% of the world had no idea until this free Britney movement started. And, um, I, I, you know, you have to look at it from, and I'm sure there's a lot of stands out there. We didn't know all the details of it. Like it started coming out more and more on the documents, but it wasn't shocking. You know, we knew Jamie was an asshole. We knew Brittany was damn near just, it was obvious. Like she clearly was up there to make us happy and to make money and to go back home to see her kids. Like, it was evident, like the spark in it was kind of gone. I think musically she had more fun than she had ever had before. But you could tell that Britney wasn't always there. It was definitely, and then, you know, this is a woman who was in this conservatorship as if, and then there was always discussions about her mental health. And I never thought of her, how I thought of it as a Britney Spears Stan was that her mental health issues I don't think anything was wrong with Brittany except that she was an average 20 something year old with a lot of money who was rebellion rebelling who has seen a lot had a lot happen to her and she didn't know how to do anything but rebel and I didn't think anything was wrong with her mentally except for the trauma and traumatic situations that were happening to her in her life, if that makes any sense. Like, as if there was nothing chemically um, wrong with Britney Spears. I thought that this conservatorship and everything that happened to her post-conservatorship triggered her. And that's where we get the Instagram posts. That's where we get the um, vague cryptic messages that we see today. And one thing I always knew about Britney Spears was that she was a long way from being dumb. If anything, Britney Spears has always been extremely intelligent. Um, she's an artist. I said that many times before that Britney Spears is an artist and she demands respect. The things that we saw and the creative process and all that was Britney's. And so I never really bought the whole Jamie and all of her, uh, the handlers and all that were making as what they were making her to be out. Like, I think people didn't notice that they were, there was this narrative out there that Britney Spears was crazy, that she was mentally unstable. And I hated hearing it. It used to irk me that people would say that. And I, but I did not know that people were making fun of her because they didn't know. Does it make any sense? Like I, I, I had no idea that they had no idea that this woman was locked down, basically that these people owned her practically and that she was a, basically a, um, a singing bird like she was in a cage I thought people this was common knowledge so when I saw all the jokes and stuff like that growing up and and in college and all those things I was always side-eyeing it because I was like people are extremely cruel like how can you make fun of somebody who's done nothing wrong to anybody you know this is a woman who is the sweetest thing in the world 
sweetest lady, most talented. All she wanted to do was sing and dance. Her, she was so pure at heart. And something happened to her. And this is her babies. These were things that happened to her that happened to ev- women every single day. And some man, Jamie, came in and swooped in and took her money or, or took the basically pulled her purse, you know what I mean? And put her to work, but never really giving her that freedom to even, I remember her talking about in the, for, for the record documentary, how she can't even get in the car. She can't drive. She can't go to where she wants. She can't get in an Uber. She can't do anything. And I thought people making fun of her all the time were just so cruel. But now I know that people did not know. And that blows my mind. That is blowing my mind that people had no idea that Britney, this was happening to her. They just thought she just went off the rails. And then I thought about it and I was like, this was intentional. That's what kept her in this conservatorship for so long. Every weird thing that Britney did was always held with a microscope. You know, she couldn't look different. She couldn't act different. She couldn't walk different without a a lens on her. And, oh, there's Brittany being crazy. She's crazy again. She's losing it again. Brittany, is she holding on? Is she barely making it? Is she she medicated? Is she bipolar? Is she schizophrenic? Is she this, that, and the third? And then now I realized after watching the documentary that that was the narrative that Jamie And all of her conservators were banking on, literally, to keep the Britney Spears um, conservatorship going. Because if the narrative was that she was actually, by the time it was like, have you ever, and I'm talking about Britney Spears fans and the casual ones and the stands, like I'm talking to both of y'all. And you ever noticed when you would see for every three magazine posts that were like, Britney, you know, healthier and better than ever. Months later, there would be some kind of weird off kilter narrative about Britney Spears crying while she was driving or um, looking, a photo would leak of her looking not her best or um, Britney Spears, a video of her dancing Horribly, it was almost intentional. Some weird story from the inside scoop. An insider tells us Britney's not okay. And then now I'm starting to think that that came from her team. Even on her Instagram, the weird videos and all that seem to come up a lot around the time when she's in court. Or when there's a discussion, a high discussion about free Britney, she's okay. She's more than fine. She's more than capable of taking care of herself. Then there's that weird post again. As if there are multiple of the same posts that people put out of her looking strange. um, Or what we think is strange. Because to me, none of her posts are really alarming to me. I feel like this is Britney's Instagram and Britney Spears has always been weird and she is still Britney and she's still weird. But I feel like these are videos that she didn't want to come out. I feel like these were videos that they're posting of her to make her look 
we all have those videos of us sitting at home dancing in the mirror and or posing or doing all these things that maybe we took photos from or clips from that maybe showed us in an unflattering light. But, you know, once I fix it or once I visco it or add a little color here and there, it's going to be good. But if you showed the editing process, you look crazy. And I think that's what her team is betting on. If that makes any sense, it seems like they profit off the narrative narrative of her not being well. And this documentary, um, even from what I've gathered about the conservatorship beforehand, the only way that they could really, at this point, they have this, everybody has this picture of Britney Spears being shaky, um, a threat to herself, threat to her kids, um, So the only person that can really say that she's well is the conservators. But when they're making 1.7% of every single thing, every little thing that has Britney Spears on it, why would they come up and say, oh, this woman is fine? The conservatorship um, idea is supposed to be um, for the betterment and the mental stability of the one who is in the need of the conservatorship. But the conservator in the process gets a certain um, percentage, uh, a salary and a certain percentage of gross income, like sort of just like a job, like an assistant like there. But in this case of someone as big as Britney Spears, that is a lump sum. I mean, Britney Spears is paying for housing. She's paying for um the attorney fees, when they go to court and she fights this, she's not just paying for her lawyers, which is already a king's ransom in itself. She's paying for whatever Jamie and the other people need, their attorney fees, anything that they need to go against her. Isn't that crazy? So ideally, she fights for her life And she comes out broke and she still might not win. And she'll have to go back and do it all over again. All because of some mistake that she made when she was 20 something, 2007, suffering from postpartum depression. And if that was a man, think about it. What other celebrity with all the crazy shit that they've been through, there are celebrities out here doing the craziest shit. Way crazier than the shit than driving with a baby on their lap down the street. They're doing some crazy shit that are clearly not well. These are people who are not well. Where is their where is their where is their conservatorship? Why is there no one there? It's because that narrative was beneficial to the people they saw an in. Britney Spears had a um, quote-unquote manager, Sam, um, Sam Lutfi, who took advantage of her, you and her at her lowest. You know, she just wanted, she didn't give a fuck about the money and she didn't care. She just wanted someone to be there and to keep her. And, and she didn't want Larry Rudolph, who was her manager from the time she signed to from Baby One More Time. Um, up into um, I think the last project that he was on this is just me having my quote-unquote basic Britney knowledge I think Sam um, Larry 
stopped working with her. I want to say after in the zone. So during the time of blackout and all those eras, she dropped Larry. She wasn't talking to her mother. Her father was not in the picture. He was never really there. Um, to begin with, I remember that there was never really pictures of her daddy. Her daddy was an alcoholic. Um, you know, she, she took care of him, you know, like, you know, gave him money from a distance, but at the end of the day, that was her money. Her, it was her father there. It was Felicia, her assistant, but she cut them all off, you know, like she, she was done with all of them. So Sam Lutfi came in, he was a paparazzi at the time and he had these big ideas for Britney's careers, how to keep her popping, 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 how to be the next Madonna, how he could really take her to the next level. And she was like, okay, cool, whatever, whatever you need, what you need. And at that time he was getting such a large percentage of her income. He was really, um, from what I've gathered, there was rumors of drugging her. He was um, mishandling her money and he was basically robbing her blind. And so that's when her mom and Jamie, her father, stepped in and came in and intercepted, got him, got a, um, got her out of the house from that house and separated him and had a straining, restraining order against him. But in that process, Brittany was seen as not well and her father and them not knowing what's wrong with their daughter kept that narrative. They put her in the lockdown facility, the 5150 and Cedar Sinai. I remember that they twice, they put her there twice. So at that point there was kind of a in, if that makes any sense, there was an in from, for them to come in, anybody to come in and use Brittany's mental health as a way of saying, or, making it seem that Brittany wasn't well enough to take care of herself physically, emotionally, and financially. That's how the conservatorship began for Jamie. It was like, it was easy. It was a no brainer. Somebody needs to come in really quickly. Um, what do you need? What, you know, what, what, what does it look like? You know, then they told her this was a conservatorship. Ideally it was supposed to be just until Brittany got better. She got her foot on the ground. Next thing she knows she's in this contract that she can't get out of. Because her father is richer than he's ever been. Britney Spears' career seemingly came right back to arise. Who wouldn't listen to their daddy? Who wouldn't? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody listened to her daddy. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was, he came in, he ruled with a strong arm. He made sure that she was clean. She was with the right people. He kept her separate from people. She probably was tired of people at that time. She needed that break. She needed someone to think for her for a moment. Yeah, daddy, come on, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, let's do it. Let's get it over with. And then you push five years later, Britney's career is thriving and bigger than it was before. She's making so much fucking money for doing, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like she's making so much money. Now she's like, okay, well, I'm ready to take the car keys back. And her daddy was like, nah, like, I don't know, Britney. And that's the push and pull is what I imagine ha is where we're at now. And you're telling Jamie that the lifestyle that he's maintained, the work that he put in to relaunch Britney's career, which was all Britney's work. She was the artist that was there. You know what I'm saying? Like it was her work. But in Jamie's mind, you know, he was at the helm of everything. And he kept her 
well. He kept everybody away from her, kept her, you know, everybody straight. And now you're saying, nah. So that would mean that he, the money, the lifestyle, that everything that he has grown accustomed to is no more. So here we are now with Brittany being like, okay. And I, and I knew even when that whole, I remember the second Vegas announcement happened and I could tell by how much of a lack of interest Brittany seemed to have in it. It just seemed like there was a picture up. Um, there were some tweets, you know, she was in the studio, you know, recording, I mean the dance studio, but I, she never seemed giddy about it. Like, you know, when as a real Britney's fan stand, you know, when Britney's happy about a project, when she's excited about a project and she didn't seem that way. The same way I felt like she felt about the femme fatale tour. They gave me that very femme fatale tour. You know what I'm saying? Like we doing this again for what? And then even me as a stand, like I was excited to go see her again. I went to go see her in Vegas um, twice, but I was like, why are we moving to MGM again? Like, why are we doing this again? Like Britney Spears proved that she can go on the road. Like it just seemed like overkill. Like, and it didn't seem like Britney if to go, even when she went on, she was in the piece of me and she was getting ready to just kind of go on. Like she went on that Asian tour and all that. It just felt like she was working for something more than herself. And I think that was when Jamie was really starting to ride that cash cow and milk it. And I think it was evident. And I think she was like, nah, I'm not doing this no more. And I think that's when they began to clash. She started acting up, hanging out with people she didn't want to. She started rebelling. And I think that's when the plug was pulled on the, um, the second Vegas show, um, Domination. And from then on out, I think things just kind of, he threw her back into the, to mental, the mental ward and, and under the guise again, that Brittany was not well, but is she not well, or does she not want to do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to say that a woman, it makes me think of, um, um, what's the name of that book? Um, the, um, the yellow wallpaper, uh, by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. I think that's what it was. And it was one of those where the book was basically, um, you'd have to read it. And I think there's so much similarities in that book as to what I think is going on with Brittany. I think that, Brittany's not crazy. I think Brittany is a woman and it's easy for especially a young woman who has made a career out of doing what she wanted, you know, these obscene things, especially at that time in early 2000s, everything that Brittany was doing seemingly was provocative and off the rails and so it was easy to say that a free woman was mentally unwell. A woman saying no. Um, a woman saying, I don't want to do this or I don't care about the money. I want to go home to my babies. 
And I don't care how people, I don't care what people think of me. I don't care what they think that I look like. I don't care about the hair. I'm going to shave it. I don't care. I don't want them touching me. They lock you up. Um, the book was basically about um, a synopsis from the book. is like, um, um, I'm going to show you a little synopsis. It was narrated in the first person. The story is a collection of a journal entries written by a woman whose physician husband, John, has rented an old mansion for the summer, forging forgoing other rooms in the house. The couple moves into the upstairs nursery as a form of treatment. The unarmed woman is forbidden from walking, working or riding and is encouraged to eat well and get plenty of air so she can recuperate from what he calls a temporary nervous depression, a slightly hysterical tendency, a diagnosis common to women during that period. The narrator devotes many journal entries to describing the wallpaper in the room. It's sticky color. It's a yellow cut smell. It's bizarre and it's a disturbing pattern like an interminable string of toadstools. Um, budding and sprouting in endless convulsions, the, its missing patches, and the way it leaves yellow smears on the skin and clothing of anyone who it touches. She describes how the longer one stays in the bedroom, the more the wallpaper appears to mutate, especially in the moonlight. With no stimulus other than um, the wallpaper, the pattern and design become increasingly intriguing to the narrator. She soon begins to see a figure in the design and eventually comes to believe that a woman is creeping on off behind the pattern believing she must free the woman in the wallpaper the woman begins to strip the remaining paper off the wall when her husband arrives home the narrator refuses to unlock the door when he returns with the key he finds her creeping around the room rubbing against the wallpaper and exclaiming i've got out i got out at last in spite of you he faints but she continues to circle the room creeping over the inert body each time she passes it believing herself to have become the woman trapped behind the yellow wallpaper i and i remember reading that book and i kind of feel like that story in itself reminds me when immediately when i was hearing and 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 watching a the documentary it it made me think about her was that woman crazy before she was locked into the room or did being locked into the room and knowing better and and being so mentally un understimulated and did that drive her crazy and not that i'm saying britney spears was crazy or going through anything but to think that this woman and the life that she led, even from a childhood till now, there will, there has got to be some kind of mental situation going on that is not healthy. She is trapped. She is looking at the wallpaper. I think and the wallpaper is her Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Like she's she's seeing things. She's talking to us through instagram i believe that her instagram is back and forth between her camp i think she has access to it her camp has access to it they can't delete things too fast because it'll alarm the fans so they have to go through and fix certain things or go through and edit things or add another photo behind it while britney writes something that was um 
cryptic and beautiful or, or discussing her tortured soul in such a subtle way that Britney always has. It's always been in her music videos. It's always been in her shows. You go back and watch any documentary, she touches and she talks about her life through her art in, a, in just a glossy way. The same thing she does on Instagram. Then they come through and they write some other interesting, like when she went to, um, they put her in the mental um, um, health clinic uh, in January, what was that, 2018 or whatever, when she went after domination, how they went up and threw this random meme or quote about from Pinterest about how every now and then we all need a little break. Lo and behold, they had her locked up for weeks. So she could, she didn't post it. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, and it was clearly not Britney's lettering as a Britney Spears stan. We know she loves emojis. We know how she writes. Like she has a weird way of writing and it's so Britney and it was clearly off. And I think that they weren't betting on the fact that Britney Spears has such a relationship with stands like me that we may not know this woman, but we know this woman. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that they weren't betting on it. And I don't think that they were betting on Britney ever really getting well or people not buying into the fact that she never wasn't, was well, um, wasn't ill. The way people treated her and the life that she lived was ill. And now here we are, people are apologizing. The public is apologizing for the way they treated Britney. Um, I don't want to say it's too late. You know, I, I don't want to say that it's too late. I, it's just one for my, as a Stan uh, of Britney, it really, I've been shell shocked. Like for real, for the last two weeks, knowing that people had no idea. So I'm taken aback. Like, I thought this was public knowledge. It was in the news that Brittany had conservatorship. You know, she was doing all this, that, and the third and fighting for her kids. I thought this was public knowledge. So when people were choosing to make fun of her and her performances or what she wore, how she dressed or, you know, what she was doing or something like that, I thought that they were literally making fun of a some a pop queen who was literally doing the best she could considering her circumstances. And I used to just think people were just very cruel and un, un, unreasonably cruel. And now that I know that the general public had no idea what they did to this woman, kicking her while she was down and she just smiled and she just kept going out there and performing and giving us more and more music and more and more art and more and more performances. And imagery and like I always thought like and I, I don't know maybe I can speak for other Britney Spears stands there was a time where I thought we were going to lose her you know what I'm saying like from multiple things uh, you know what I mean like that Princess Diane uh, symmetry that they had I remember her interview with Matt Laura when she was pregnant and he was like you know, the paparazzi and how they were on her so badly. And he was like, do you want them to stop? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, do you, do you know how to make them stop? And she said, no, I have no idea. But in my mind, when she started crying immediately after that, I think she knew how to make them stop. They wouldn't stop at that point until she was dead. Like Princess Diane. And she refers to Princess Princess Diana, I'm sorry, Princess Diana 
multiple times in her um, interviews and her discussions, like she's talked about it in a Britney Spears kind of way, in a way that's kind of not alarming. But if you listen closely, she saw the symmetry. And I think that's the part where, I don't know, I, I think... I thank God that Britney Spears is okay. Um, I wish that we knew. I, I just read an article that says that Britney is working on her own documentary. And I want people to take it as the way it is. I want people to um, take. I want people to take Britney as she is. I want people to stop picking on her and I want people to be mindful moving forward of what they they've done to Britney think about what they've done to other artists and I I want people to do the research about this Britney situation and know what the fuck you're talking about when you pass judgment on people not just Britney you know I know on the show, I'm no, I'm not an innocent person. You know what I mean? Like I talk shit about people, but it's also from a researching standpoint, I, I, I thoroughly look into it. And if there was something wrong or if there's something that was going on, I would want to know so I can have an informed opinion. I felt like people weren't doing that with Brittany. I felt like there was no investigation work. People didn't give her that benefit of the doubt. And I think people wanted her to be crazy so badly that they weren't even seeing that she was actually being driven crazy. Man. I, I her not working again and all that. Um of course, I understand, you know, if she doesn't work, you know, her daddy doesn't make money. And they'll stop. I'm sure she, you know what I mean? Like, she's smart enough to know that if she doesn't work, there'll be no money. You know what I mean? Like, eventually they will have to get off of her back about everything. And, you know, but I I would love to hear that album. I feel like her dancing at home and all that, I, I want to see her do that on stage again. And I want this all to go well. And I don't want this to tilt and tilt into a place where um, we knocked the fight out of Britney. Um, are you a Britney Spears fan? Are you? Um, I'm sure you are because everybody is. But tweet me and let me know what you think about this. Um, tweet at Twitter at, at Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Um, let me know what you think about this whole, um, Britney thing. <sighs> I don't know. I'm exhausted. This show is really wearing me out, I guess, because I, I genuinely have always cared about Britney. I love Britney. Um, she is the, um, One of like she's something that literally I can see Britney Spears, a photo of Britney Spears, and I light up since I was a kid. Like that's one person who has been steady 
like a, a, a beacon of joy and hope for me and strength, you know, as a, as a, um, a little gay boy growing up, you know, she was that girl for me. Like, you know, she was in charge of her sexuality. She was in charge of everything around her, even her routines and her dance moves and all that. It was very, I'm in control. She was very confident. Um, she was what I aspired to be like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think Brittany is every fucking thing and I want her to do well. Um, yeah. Okay. Moving on to the third segment. Um, if you are just tuning in, make sure you follow rate review, subscribe and like, and rate this podcast. Cause I don't do it for my health, baby. Like I, I don't, but, um, the third segment is always the love, sex and relationship segment where we talk about um, some really taboo things, um, some things that make you think, some things that make you even look at your relationships a little bit different, and this one is no different. Um, but this weekend is Valentine's Day weekend, and and I have 21 reasons you should absolutely fulfill all your fantasies this Valentine's Day. All right, this is from Cosmopolitan.com. Shout out to Cosmopolitan.com. Um, I have some sexy um, Valentine's Day plans, some really freaky Valentine's Day plans. I'm with um, a Scorpio. <laughs> I have um, been fucking this Scorpio for a little while, a little boot thing. And um, as we all know that... I was engaged to Scorpio. I, I have a affinity, a love hate relationship with Scorpios. Um, I know them. Um, I know them well. Don't like the way they handle things, but I love the way they fuck me. And I am, I've never met a Scorpio that I didn't enjoy fucking. So this Valentine's day weekend, that is what I plan on doing. And with this particular one, I've never been a person who liked like candy or, um, set like uh, not sex like um sticky shit like um I, I I've never been that person, but we have been. We have used honey. We use alcohol. Um, for my birthday weekend, I mean, my birthday night. Um, child, we <laughs> we took some vodka. I thought it was vodka, but it was rum. I mean vodka. I mean, thought it was rum, but it was vodka. And we were taking shots off of each body shots off of each other, child. We got so drunk. And then the next time we did honey. And this time we're doing chocolate syrup and candy cane. Like not candy canes, um, candied hearts and eating them off of places that maybe, maybe, just maybe I could probably catch COVID. Okay, but uh, uh moving on. These are 21 ways to fulfill your fantasies this valentine's day and number one there is not much else you can do right now <laughs> so it's like the, the the drudgery of these pandemic days is begging you to do something besides watch netflix um number two it's your favorite holiday okay it's probably not but you should still make the best of it three it's more exciting than eating takeout from olive garden which trust me like come on you pfft. You're speaking to someone who knows it's not that great. 
Um, four, if things get weird, you can bust out some chocolate and eat it instead. Five, everyone knows what this, what day it is. So if your neighbor's here, just, rem- just remember they're probably getting it in too. Um, six, it's February and most likely cold where you live. Consider it a fun way to keep yourself warm. Seven, it's better than getting engaged. Proposing on Valentine's Day is so cliche. You know what it isn't. Proposing you to rub each other down with edible massage oil. That's not cliche at all. So go for it. Eight, it's also better than overpriced red heart candies. Nine, which I, which I will be eating out the ass crack of my Valentine. Um, nine, Valentine's Day is all about love. So if they really love you, they'll put on the banana costume and handcuff you to the bed like you want them to. Um, ten, you know what rounds of fantasy? Valentine's Day. Eleven, roses are everywhere right now, so spread some petals on to get them in the mood for a night of role-playing and doing things with food, which I will not be doing rose petals. I think that is so tacky. I probably would put, um, like, peonies down, like, or peonies down, but peony, peony, do you call it peony flowers or peony? I don't know. I'll probably put those down because those are my favorite flowers. Um, there aren't any greeting cards for this. So if the perfect chance to make your own, we try new stuff in the bedroom cards. Um, 13, um, it's an easy gift idea. You get to live out your wildest fantasy and your partner doesn't have to buy you something. Win, win. 14, you can pour some champagne to get you in the mood or you can pour champagne out the crack of your partner's ass. That's what I'm doing. Uh, 15, St. Valentine would want you to. You don't want to disappoint a saint. 16 is also kind of why the whole holiday was invented in the first place. Well, for the sex and chocolate-covered strawberry industry. Um, 17, you seriously can't wait until your anniversary. You need did this like yesterday. 18, you can customize candy hearts for the occasion. Thanks for role-playing and McDonald's cashier for me. <laughs> That would be hot. A cute little foreplay. Um, You can present them with a gift basket for a job well done. Just like flowers and chocolate, gift baskets are nearly everywhere during the V-Day season. I recommend something with cheese. People love cheese, you know. 20, to consummate a new Valentine's Day tradition, you'll never go back to swapping last-minute gifts during the prices right ever again. And 21, literally, why not? It's time to saddle up and get on that horse, which may be a fantasy of yours, but that's your business. All right, those were 21 reasons why you should fulfill your fantasies this holiday, um, Valentine's Day, by Cosmopolitan.com. I hope y'all enjoy y'all's Valentine's Day. I sure will be. I plan on getting toasted, getting fucked, um, fucking. I plan on getting food, getting high, and being fucking merry. And I hope y'all do the same. I love y'all, and I will see y'all next week. Peace.